May God's grace, mercy, and peace be yours this day in the name of our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The text for the message comes from our gospel reading. Let us pray. O Almighty God, bless us as we worship apart and strengthen us since we are united in you. Fill us with your hope and joy in the midst of this crisis and as we gather, may the words of my mouth, may the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our Maker and our Redeemer. Amen. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Amen. Uh, Joni Erickson Tata, uh, maybe you know her. She tells a story about a retreat. She uh, said, at the end of a five-day retreat for families affected by disabilities, a microphone was passed around to all their participants so they could share a couple of sentences about how meaningful and how fun the week had been. There is a boy by the name of Jeff, a little freckled-faced, red-haired boy. He raised his hand, and everyone was so excited to see what Jeff would say because he had won the hearts of everyone there during the family retreat. Jeff has Down syndrome. And he took the microphone, he put it right up to his mouth, and he said, let's go home. <laughs> Later, his mother told me Jeff really misses his dad back home. His dad couldn't come to the family retreat because he had to work. And even though Jeff had had a great time, he had had a, a fun-filled week, he was ready to go home because he, he really missed his dad. Home. There are a lot of phrases about home, aren't there? Maybe these are familiar. Well, just a little bit longer, and we're going to be home. Or, hey, I'm going to be home in about one day, and in about four hours, I'll be home for you. Or the classic, there's no place like home. Now, while many of you may be tired of staying inside your homes during this crisis, I'm sure you can think back to a time when you really longed to be home again. Home is that place of safety and security. It's a place of, of uh, familiarity, a, fa a place of peace. There's nothing quite like going home, right? I mean, deployed soldiers count the days until they can get home and be back safely with their loved ones. After weeks of grinding through tests and papers and dorm life, college students just can't wait to get home uh, to the comforts and good food of home. After a long vacation trip, at some point we realize it's time. We need to go home. Countless songs have been written about going home. You can probably list a couple off right now. I mean, the singers are yearning for that comfort of a place where they belong. Home. How sad is it when someone becomes homeless? Because what they knew as home is gone or that home life has fallen apart. You know, we, we love going home. I mean, it was no different for Jesus' disciples. Today we get back to the night on which our Savior was betrayed. Jesus and his disciples were in an unfamiliar room, in a city with some very unfamiliar events that were about to take place. I mean, they didn't feel at home in the least, but Jesus brought them the comfort of home, really the comfort of their heavenly home. And Jesus encourages you and me too, we'll be home soon. But we often get worried about getting home, don't we? Maybe uh, you've had it where your flight has been delayed and you, maybe you miss your connection after a business trip and, and uh, that's, the, that's gone on too long. Or, or maybe it's the end of your vacation, you begin your trip home and something's wrong with the car. 
or, or maybe a, a loved one's at the end of their deployment and they're supposed to take some kind of charter flight on a civilian airliner, only to find out that airliner is now canceled or even bankrupt. And they're not going to be flying anywhere anytime soon. I wonder if the disciples, if Jesus' disciples were ever wondering if they would ever get home too. I mean, sitting around this table with Jesus, they were more troubled as the night went on. I mean, what is it that troubles you so much? What is it that made, uh, what, what is it that troubled them really so much? What is it that troubled these brave disciples? What made them uh, tremble inwardly? Well, there was the sorrow over Jesus saying them, talking to them about his betrayal, his suffering, his death. There was some tension and there was uncertainty over just what would take place once they left the upper room that night. Then there was the fear and the worry about the future. So Jesus brought calm. He brought comfort to their hearts. He said to them, do not let your hearts be troubled. Does that sound familiar? About four days later on that first Easter evening, Jesus would tell them something similar and he would say, peace be with you. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Do not let your hearts be troubled. What is it that troubles you? Is it the guilt of a sin or sins? Something you committed years ago, months or weeks or even days ago, and it just doesn't seem to let go of you? Is it the fear over the unknown for yourself? Maybe it's the fear of the unknown for a loved one. A fear that holds a such tight grip on your heart that threatens to choke the hope of eternal life right out of you. Is it the grief over the loss of a loved one that just never seems to leave you? Is it the worry over the troubling events of the present? Is it worry over the scary economic and, and political situations in our nation and in our state and community? Is it the worry over your own health problems and maybe it's the accompanying bills? Is it the worry over the family arguments, the, the selfish attitudes, the stress of an overfilled schedule or, or an upended schedule like many have today? What is it that troubles your heart? To our troubled hearts, Jesus says, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. Now, at first we might say, uh, well, that's easy for you to say, Jesus. <laughs> You're not the one dealing with, you pick the topic. You're not dealing with this guilt, all this fear, and all this worry. But wasn't Jesus just about to do that very thing? He was about to leave that room that night and endure hell for you and me. He was about to leave that room and go and willingly endure the worst suffering mankind could dish out. He was about to be forsaken by the Heavenly Father, not for his own sin, but for ours. Why could Jesus say, do not let your hearts be troubled? Well, because he came to deal with what troubles our hearts. He came to deal with the guilt, the worry, the fear, the sorrow, the death. He came not to give some pious platitude, but to bring real peace and real comfort to our souls. That peace, that comfort that lasts unto all eternity. 
with his suffering, uh, with his death, with his three days in the tomb, with his rising from the dead, Jesus Christ makes it possible for you and me to go home. So he tells us, trust in God, trust also in me. We can trust him totally because he did all that for us. He took away every worry that we have about getting home because he has more. He has getting home ready for you and me. I don't know if you've noticed on TV, Extreme Makeover Home Edition has made a comeback, a return. And I always like that show. And on that show, there's this family in, in some kind of extraordinary need or, or crippling circumstances. And that situation makes it nearly impossible for them to live in their old homes. And yet they're doing it. And so the crew from Extreme Makeover Home Edition come in, they whisk the family away, and they go on some uh, Disney vacation or, or something like that. And, and with the family away and a lot of local help, they build this big, beautiful, uh, fully furnished, fully paid home for the family in need. Now, there is a limited time to build and furnish the home, but they always get the job done, and it's always done well. And their family returns from their vacation. They find the home of, uh, of their dreams built just for them. At the end, the host tells this elated family, welcome home. In a similar way, a more perfect way, Jesus promises to do the same thing for you and me. Not here on earth but in his presence in heaven and in all eternity. Listen again. In my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me that you also may be where I am. You see, we're in extraordinary spiritual need. We live in a world that is corrupted to the core with hatred towards God, God and his holy will. That wickedness affects us each and every day. We ourselves have a sinful nature inside of us that wants nothing to do with God's holiness and wants to drag us body and soul into the eternal fires of hell. Between the world, between our own sinful nature, we're left in, in spiritual squalor. St. Paul once lamented about it, asking, who will rescue me from this body of death? And then he answers his own question by saying, thanks be to God through Jesus Christ, our Lord. You see, Jesus rescues us from the squalor of the wicked world and our sinful lives by his gracious love for us through hearing the good news of forgiveness Jesus plants faith into our hearts, makes us one of his own beloved children. He then promises, I am going to prepare a place for you. In that upper room that night, Jesus promised he would personally prepare a home, especially for you and for me. He describes it this way, in my father's house are many rooms. And this is not, it's not that he's building you a bedroom, okay? He's building you a home a home where you can settle, a home where you can stay and live for all eternity, a home that is free, a home that is free from worry and pain and sorrow and grief. It's, it's free from fear, uncertainty and guilt. 
It comes to you fully furnished a heavenly, with heavenly peace and comfort. And it's a home that doesn't cost us a thing. We owe nothing for that home. It has been fully paid with the blood of Jesus Christ himself for us on the cross. It was on that night that Jesus leaves to prepare our heavenly homes. To make that possible, Jesus endured everything. He endured uh, betrayal and suffering, death and burial. He rose again on the third day and 40 days later, fulfilling that promise when he visibly ascends into heaven to prepare a special place for each and every one of his children through faith. And that's you and that's me. You know, last week we talked about Good Shepherd Sunday and, and you know, we're part of his flock, right? We are a sheep. He is our shepherd. And so when do we get to enjoy it? When will we hear from the lips of Jesus? Welcome home. Jesus said, and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. Someday, Jesus will welcome us home. It may be on that day that we pass through the doorway of death into eternal life. Or it will be on that day when Jesus returns again in glory to bring us home, body and soul, together again. You see, that's the truth that calms our troubled hearts. With that kind of assurance, we can lay down to sleep at night in peace. With that kind of assurance, we can wake up in the morning and live each new day, uh, not for ourselves, but for our Savior. With that kind of assurance, we confidently look forward to being with our Lord forever. Jesus said, you know the way to the place where I am going. We know the way is through Jesus, but sometimes we forget the way home, and, and don't we? And even Jesus' disciples had their moments. Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you're going. So how can we know the way? <laughs> Thomas, right? How quickly he forgot. But Jesus gives him and gives us a clear answer that leaves no shadow of a doubt. Jesus said, you want to know the way? <laughs> I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. The way, the truth, and the life. There is only one way home through our Savior, Jesus Christ. I mean, if anyone holds to a belief in some kind of generic God or rejects the truth about Jesus or holds on to what he or she can earn before God, they will not get home. That's what God's word tells us. Instead, they'll end up getting hopelessly lost on a confusing pathway to hell. But Jesus, by his teachings, by his miracles, proves that he is God himself in the verses after our text, he, he describes how he and God the Father are one. It was at the end of our reading today. Uh, by faith in, in him, we realize that Jesus is the only way to heaven for us and, and that someday he will bring us to our heavenly homes. We know that the way home comes from the only source of truth. We don't hear about Jesus from uh, history books. We don't hear about him from legends. We hear about him from the pure word of God. In the pages of Holy Scripture, we learn how Jesus opened up the way 
for you and me. And now he makes us his own through faith in him. He, he pours out his grace on that word that is connected to the water and holy baptism. And he gives us himself with bread and wine in the Lord's Supper. We live in a world that claims that there is no truth. But in Jesus, we have truth. It's the only truth that gives us home. Through that truth, we have the only way home. And in that way, we have the, find the only source of life. It's not a fountain of youth, but life, eternal life, never-ending life through Jesus alone. Even now, as we enjoy this Easter victory that Jesus has won for us, when he abandoned the grave, he cleared that last obstacle to eternal life for each and every one of us. And in Jesus, we know how to get home. We will be home soon. That's not a pious wish. It's not a morbid desire for death. Instead, it's a source of, of yearning, right? Of yearning and joy and strength and peace. Uh, last weekend, I mentioned, was, was of course, Good Shepherd Sunday, and we considered the blessing of Jesus as the Good Shepherd. Uh, the Bedouin shepherds, a lot of times will bring their flocks into the watering hole. And a lot of times, a lot of groups will all mix together. But the shepherd really doesn't worry. When he's ready, he calls out his sheep. They hear his voice and they follow him. They know to whom they belong. They know the shepherd will bring them home. Because of our God-given faith in Jesus, we know that too. Well, we love going to earthly homes. <laughs> but even there, we know that we're still not yet home. We sang about it in our sermon hymn. Therefore, I murmur not. Heaven is my home. Whatever my earthly lot, heaven is my home. And I shall surely stand. There at my Lord's right hand, Heaven is my fatherland. Heaven is my home. You know, I can't wait to see you back here at your church home. And it's true, we're stuck in our homes right now. And for some of you, it's probably driving you crazy. But the church home and the home that you're watching this in, they're not really our true home. You see, this is the cure for our troubling hearts. We'll be home soon. Heaven is our home. We will enjoy the blessings of the new heaven and the new earth, where body and soul that had been separated by death are now brought together again, reunited. And a time is coming when our living Lord will open his arm, arms wide and he will tell us what we've always wanted to hear. He'll say, welcome home, my child, welcome home. But until that day, let's always proclaim the goodness of God. Let's always proclaim his blessings. Let's proclaim the blessing of Jesus. He is the way, the truth, and the life. Let us praise God today and always as we shout out, hallelujah, Christ is risen. He is risen indeed, hallelujah. Amen. And now may the peace of God that transcends all understanding guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Amen.